playing in the ad tech space, selling these orbs to farmers and producers to measure temperature changes and other metrics in their grain silos, hay silos, barges, you name it. He has 3,000 devices deployed. He retails those devices for an average of about 400 bucks, cost goods sold, 150 for him. So call it $800,000 and kind of spread he's made on the hardware sale. But that's not the long-term play. The long-term play is the software upsell, the AI on the back end, where you're seeing ACVs there somewhere between $150 and $200 per month. He's flirting with a million dollar run rate on that side of the business with 400 customers. Founded in 2014, his team today is about 44 people, 28 engineers, 8 million raised, burning more than 100 grand per month in net burn, but less than a million. Looking to do a $15 million raise here shortly, where he hopes to sell 20% of the company, which would be about a $60 million pre money valuation. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Naeem Zafar. He's a serial entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of a company called Telesense. Naeem is a 7x startup entrepreneur and 5x CEO with successful exits. He's deeply ingrained in the Silicon Valley ecosystem and frequently speaks about innovation and entrepreneurship. He's authored five books on entrepreneurship and he teaches entrepreneurship at UC Berkeley and Northeastern and Northeastern University. The company is called Telesense, again, an ag tech company using AI to preserve grain. Naeem, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. So what's a Silicon Valley guy that should only be in computers and software doing digging around in grain bins? Well, we figured that what are the industries which have not been touched by advanced software technology? And we looked hard and we found construction and ag are two industries which there's a lot of room there to have innovation. So Silicon Valley, we know about wireless sensors, artificial intelligence. So we decided to apply that to the grain industry, and we are sort of the first one to get there. Yep. So so explain, I think this is fascinating, explain to those that missed your first interview how the product actually works. Do you, do you have it, by the way, the IoT device? Yeah. Can you hold it up? I'll hold it up. So there are a couple of devices. So let me just say a couple of words here. So grain, once you harvest it and store it, never improves in quality. It goes downhill. The question is, when is it going to go bad or not as good? So should I sell it now? Can I hang on to it for another nine months? Should I sell it next season? That's the decision every grower has to make. So what problem is to monitor, you need temperature, humidity, what's going on inside my grain. So if you make it super simple, then anybody can use it. So what we have done is we have created a little ball. This ball has temperature and humidity sensors, and this is the antenna. You can stick this ball in a pile of grain and you can pull it out when necessary. But even more interesting is this spear. Okay. So this is a two meter long spear, but all you have to do is stick it into a pile of grain and this thing start transmitting data wirelessly. So hold on, that thing you just held up, for those of you listening yeah. audio only, it's kind of a blue ball on top of about, a, it looks like a three or four foot long metal stick, longer than that, six. six longer, yeah, like six and a half. Six and a half feet. What does that cost you to make there, Naeem, that, that IoT device? So this device we sell for about uh, four to $500, depending on the quantity. Okay. And then, you know, if you put three or four of these in a pile of grain or in a barge going down the river, now you know what's going on. If there's a problem, there's a hot spot, there's a biological activity, you can take some action. Okay. And that can save millions of dollars of grain every year. Those two things, though, for you as a business, the yellow one versus the blue one you just showed me, what, is the, what do those each cost you to produce? Uh, our cost of production is around $150. For both of them? Each, yeah, approximately. One is like 110, one is 170, so approximately 140. Okay, 150. And, and what makes them so expensive to produce? Because inside, there are several interesting things going on. There are 
Of course, a battery which must last a couple of years. There's a wireless communication circuitry which is, needs to collect the data. There are temperature sensors, humidity sensors. They have to be weatherproof. They have to be able to withstand large temperature variation and snow and humidity. So they have to be intrinsically safe so you can't blow up in a silo. So a lot of advanced technology goes into those things. If I am a farmer and I have a silo that are, is three stories tall and I stick yep. that instrument you just showed me into the top so it only goes down six feet, which is maybe like one-tenth of the total height of the thing, how do you know that the grain at the bottom isn't getting exposed to like insects or something and it's actually bad grain, but your sensor at the top is saying it's all good? Yeah. So that's why uh, for tall silos, we have a different product. Because tall silo, you can hang temperature cable, which go all the way up and down. We sense those cables and we start transmitting data wirelessly. In shorter things, you can hang these things. So I these see. things that I showed you, they're ideal for ground piles, shallow storage, barge, or rail cars. I so see. for three-story tall, we have a slightly different technology, which I don't have to show you, but it's a box which wireless sensor data. Interesting. Okay. So for some context for you guys, so, so when you came on last, you'd communicated, I mean, this is expensive to get going. You have to, not just, you have to make software, you have to produce a physical object as well. You had raised $8 million, had staffed the team up to about 20 folks. Help me understand the capital structure of the business today. Still 8 million raised or have you raised additional capital? Uh, no, we are going to be raising this year about 15 million. Okay. Why is 15 million the right number? Because our um, mathematical calculation tells us that will take us to profitability. Okay. So it comes out of financial model. Well, how do you, so even though if that's the right number in terms of getting to profitability, how do you make sure you raise that in a way that doesn't really dilute you and, and your other employees that might have equity shares? Well, it will dilute us. That's okay. Well, how, how do you so minimize dilution things, though? Minimize dilution is by creating the company value higher and higher. So when you raised last time, the company value was this much. This time, I'm hoping the company value will be this much. So dilution will be, you know, maybe 20%, maybe 25% and not 50%. Yep. So that's what the focus is. And to raise your valuation, you need to be able to produce half a dozen charts all up going to the right. And that's what we have been working on. So team is now like 44 people. Uh, we have sales force now and we have dealers selling for us. We have found product market fit in two or three markets, which we did not know last time when I talked to you. So things have really have more momentum than ever before. So 44 people, how many are engineers? Uh, 28. Okay, so majority engineer. Any quota carrying sales reps or no? Uh, any, sorry? Quota carrying sales reps? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we have five uh, quota carrying sales reps. Okay. And so to back into that, you, you your target, what you'd feel like would be a good raise this year would be selling about 20% of the company for about 15 million. Is that accurate? Approximately, yes. So what story do you feel like you have to tell? Paint some color on those charts that you have to show to get a $60 million pre-money valuation. Right. So with, first of all, the story is that there are, we did some pilots with the Series A initial funding, and now we can demonstrate that those people are now proliferating. So there's one location, now they're in three locations or six locations. So we know you can see there'll be a ramp. We can see how many people, how much time do they spend every week on our website, on our using our mobile app. It, maybe they were only using it five minutes a week. Now they're using 11 minutes a week. They plan to use 26 minutes a week. So that shows that they're engaging. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately you have to show ROI. Did we detect a disaster and avoid it from happening? 
And the fact is there are several examples now when we detected a disaster which did not happen. So as we demonstrate the product has value and the predictive part is working, that's what's going to give us the high valuation. So when you came on last time, you articulated that you were selling 20 balls for about $5,000 to to your buyers. Is that still the same or have you been able to drop that price to get more market share? Drop that price to get more market share or our own production is more now optimized. And we've evolved from just using balls to a combination of spears and other form factors. So we are founding, for example, very attractive product in hay market. Mm-hmm. Hay is food for animals, and hay is an expensive product, it's a sensitive product. We did not know about that last time we talked. So today we are penetrating the hay market. So today, just to do an apples-to-apples comparison, what do you sell 20 balls for plus the year-long subscription? So that has come down slightly, not a lot. That has come down to maybe, I think, 3500 to $4,000. Okay. But the, So the idea is not to reduce the price just yet to add more value because we have several software products which will be coming once we have the balls we want to be able to sell people additional products which can give them more value how so many focus, how many folks are now paying for the software component uh well everybody's paying for the software component so today we have about 400 customers now okay that's up from 800 obviously when you're just getting going two years ago so 400 and what does that mean is that 400 balls or do they each buy 100 balls is that 400 locations yeah so balls and spears and also those the the the, what we call the buffalo the for the silo product uh so i think vast majority of these people initially we were focusing on small growers and farmers. So they were buying one to 10 unit. Unit could be a ball or a spear. Yeah. Now we're focusing on grain majors. So we, so each customer may buy something between 40 and 100 units. Okay. So going after the much larger customers because we found out the sales cycle is about the same. Yeah. Might as well focus on the large enterprise customers. So how many individual pieces of hardware do you have out in the world today? Balls, spheres, boxes, buffaloes? About 3,000. 3,000. Okay, wow. Okay, so 3,000 across 400 customers, people can do the math on that, obviously, right? So call 8, 9, 10 on average per, per customer. Average, but some are, you know, 50 or 100, some are 1 or 2, so yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, interesting. Now, let me ask you a tactical question here. If you're trying to get market share, one thing you might raise money for is to subsidize the hardware costs. You can give it away for free and focus on upselling the software because uh, I imagine your retention rates are through the roof once the hardware is installed. Why haven't you done that? Because we want to get the product uh, perfected to a point, then you can press a button and order 10,000 or 5,000 or 1,000. Mm-hmm. This year, we we plan to achieve, we are working with contract manufacturers. Until then, we were assembling the product. We were babysitting the product. But this year, we are slowly transitioning to contract manufacturing. When that happens, and the costs are much more predictable and under control, we will do exactly what you said. I see. Okay. Now, Shifting back to just the software side, you told me last time your ARPU on that on average was about $250 per month. Uh, Has that gone up or down or stayed the same? It has stayed the same, but it is expected to go up because we're planning to add additional AI-based software layers. 
and those will be optional for people to buy. So we have two or three products, which I can't give you too much detail yet because we haven't announced them, but that will extract more value from the hardware investment they already have made. That's the goal. Okay. So on average, regardless if they're buying five balls or you know 40 on the outset, the software upsell is a $3,000 a year upsell uh, on average. It's 40% of what they paid for hardware typically. So it could be even bigger numbers in some larger deployment. If they bought something where for, let's say, Mm $50,000, then the recurring portion is $20,000. I see. So maybe a better question here is to ask, if you look at your current run rate just on the software side, it sounds like you've got to be flirting with a million dollar run rate, correct? Pretty close to it, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll break that the next month or two? No, I don't know about next month or two. We'll we'll break it before Christmas. Yeah, fair. And obviously, there's a lot of other things happening in the world right now. So is is the virus impacting farmers and grain at all? It is impacting in the sense that everybody's a little frozen to figure out what to do. I mean, large companies have said, we know more, if you're a non-business critical person, you're not allowed on the premise till they figure out what to do. But the good news is food, grain, is fundamental to our survival. So people may not go to theater or may not fly or take vacation, but they gotta eat. So we are in some sense, we are a little bit more protected, but the logistics confusion has to be clarified, which will happen, I think, over the next one to two months. Fair enough. So 400 customers paying between 150 and $250 per month for your software puts you flirting with a, you know, 60, 70, $80,000 a month in terms of run rate. Help us understand growth just on that part of the business, the software side. So exactly a year ago, what was run rate there? I think run rate was not meaningful back then because we were just rolling out these things. So it was really just getting started. Now, the thing which is interesting in dynamics in the market is we are selling to growers and grain cooperatives. They're not used to recurring revenue or paying recurring fees. So this is a new concept which they are just getting comfortable with and some are not comfortable with. So sometimes we have to come up with a CapEx pricing versus a subscription pricing. See, all of us, 10 years ago, we did not pay for subscription for Dropbox or Netflix or this and that. We used to just buy something. Now we are comfortable paying many multiple subscriptions. That industry, ag industry, is still getting used to it. So we're a little bit ahead of the curve. Okay. Now let's shift back again to just the hardware side. So if you have 3,000 units out there in the wild, then you're saying you're retailing those for about 400 a pop. I mean, that would put total sales there about $1.2 million. Is that accurate or do you do group discounts? No, no, that's about accurate. I mean, okay. so of course, spread over, not in, it's all did not happen a single year, but yes, yeah, but it's accurate. So, so it's really building the momentum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess the reason I ask these questions is because, and, and you're you're in the valley, you teach on this stuff, so you've I know I've thought about this. When you go out with a story to tell to try and get a $60 million pre-money valuation, you articulating the money you've made on the margin on hardware, which it sounds like you've made there about seven or $800,000 when you subtract your retail price plus your cost of goods sold, that's not going to get evaluation, right? Like you're going to get on your software side of the business, but they feed each other. So what story do you tell investors when you go out to raise? I think the story is about the the machine learning and AI-based insights. That what we story we're selling is, look, today a grower has a lot of labor picking, fixing, running elevators and co-ops. Those people are not scientists. We're dealing with a workforce with a certain education level. You have to not tell them, show them a chart with a bunch of numbers. That What do they do with this? Nothing. But you need an actionable insight. So we are going to deliver something which they don't have today, such as 
turn on the fan on on a pile, uh, silo number seven for three and a half hours. He, the guy knows exactly what to do. Or empty silo number 17 and refill it because there's a hot spot inside developing. Because we're looking at the temperature, ambient temperature, temperature inside the grain, temperature inside the silo. We have algorithm which can figure out what to do now, push the air in or suck the air out. So this actionable intelligence is invaluable. Now, as you're focused on driving this growth and driving towards this next fundraise, obviously you have to manage burn. We're in very uncertain times, right? So everyone's making adjustments on this right now. Every CEO interview I've done today, there's been some talk of this, right? So I want to get your perspective. Uh, What were you burning kind of pre three weeks ago when this kind of virus hit? And how were you changing your burn plans moving forward? So we're looking at different scenarios at this point. You know, it's not time to panic. It's time to study and understand the atmosphere out there. Only thing I've done so far is uh, frozen the hiring process. And the uh, question is, do we have the right people? Do we have to right size the company? It's too early for me to compute that. I am lining up additional funding yep. from our investors to extend our runway uh, into the next year. So we have plenty of time to raise money and we're not sort of hurrying it up. And what are you burning uh, today in terms of net burn? You're talking like 50 grand a month, 100 grand a month, something like that? No, it's more than that. Okay. Uh, but uh, the fact is that we are, uh, you know, with 44 people, it's, it's more than that. So, but we are, we're watching it. Right under now, under a million though, right? Net burn per of month. Course. Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, fair enough. Good. Now has, you know, one thing I'm curious about, you should have through the roof net revenue retention numbers once the hardware is installed. That's one of the benefits of an IoT device, you know, sale at the beginning. Have you had anyone, you know, two years ago install the hardware but for whatever reason, not renew the software subscription? Not yet. Okay. So this is very positive. You know, that's exactly the one of the metrics we watch. What is the churn rate? And churn rate in this case is extremely slow. And the two or three people who churn, they either sold the business, got out of it, or, or nobody has abandoned a product or got anybody else's because nobody else quite does what we do. So we watch the churn rate, and you're absolutely right. That's the metric to watch. Okay, so you've kept churn very low. What about expansion revenue opportunities? Do you have a strong upsell kind of ability yet? And has it yes. worked? Absolutely. So, you know, we are testing, doing some some of this uh, experiment with barge. And in that wells, that we already have expanded that to multiple barges and ideas to go to the hundreds of barges. Same thing in hay market. We started with one example. Uh, now they have placed the order for several hundred units. Uh, we did not even know rice was a problem. We did experiment uh, with a pilot with one company, and now they're just expanding to like 46 locations. Hmm. So, yes, absolutely. So this is the story which I'm telling the investor that this thing is there's a need for it. You, you started with pilots that are proliferating into multiple deployments. That's why you should pay attention to this company. What are you spending to get these new customers? So what's your fully weighted CAC look like? So, again, we don't have enough data to compute a CAC right now because initially we're going after direct sales model. What's your so best idea, like, though? You have a you have an idea. Some idea, yeah. So I think currently if I have to compute, you know, how much I'm paying my five guys and how many sales are they bringing in so that I can compute a CAC, it's probably going to be, uh, you know, five or $10,000 per large customer, which yeah. is probably higher than we wanted. But we start setting up dealers. We set up two dealers already. Ideas to set up 20 dealers bring the CAC down, customer acquisition costs of people who may not know CAC. So idea is to be a, a typical customer should be, let's say, twenty to $30,000 up front with about $10,000 recurring. 
And if you spend five to ten thousand dollars a customer like that, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. What about today though? To get someone that buys ten devices and they pay you a thousand, you know, you know, call it three thousand dollars per year for the software. What will you spend to get one of those guys? I think if we, I have to compute more carefully how many uh, ideas to make zero trips. Send them a video and and a FedEx box, and we have done that with few customers. It worked. So you know, one of the largest companies uh, you would know in the green is that's it. We send them five spears in a FedEx box with a video and a page, and they installed it themselves. Yeah. So my cap on that deal was literally like two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, well, ha- well, sorry. Ha- your cap would be higher than that, right? Because each thing, co- each if you send five balls, your costs are one fifty per ball. So there's no, but CAC is different than your my total expense. CAC is customer acquisition cost, which is the marketing spend to get that customer. Well, everyone, so everyone, that's why I asked. Everyone measures it differently. So some people include their cost to goods sold, like physical hardware or server installations or things like that. Some people don't. So you are only including in your CAC direct marketing expense. Exactly. And as a professor of entrepreneurship, I'll insist they should not mix the two. That will cloud the scenario. Because I'm a professor, I teach this topic. They must separate COGS from CAC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they will be confusing themselves. Certainly measure both. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's wrap up here with your uh, with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Well, favorite business book. Hmm. What have I read lately, which has been interesting? Uh, I should have prepped for this answer. It's okay. You I can say you can say none. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the thinking fast and thinking slow is still a good book. It's not a new book, but I read it recently. Okay. Number so two, is there for- is there a CEO you're following or studying? No. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? <laughs> well, I've been really heavy users of Slack and Gusto, and th- those have been very really useful for us. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, about six. Six. And what's your situation? Are you married, single kiddos? Uh, married, two kids. Two kids. Okay. And how old are you? Uh, how old am I? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 62. 62. Take us home here. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? I wish when I was 20, I would have read more. (laughs) Guys, he's playing in the ad tech space, selling these orbs to farmers and producers to measure temperature changes and other metrics in their grain silos, hay silos, barges, you name it. He has 3,000 devices deployed. He retails those devices for an average of about 400 bucks, cost goods sold, 150 for him. So call it $800,000 and kind of spread he's made on the hardware sale. But that's not the long-term play. The long-term play is the software upsell, the AI on the back end where you're seeing ACVs there somewhere between $150 and $200 per month. He's flirting with a million dollar run rate on that side of the business with 400 customers. Founded in 2014, his team today is about 44 people, 28 engineers, 8 million raised, burning more than 100 grand per month in net burn, but less than a million. Looking to do a $15 million raise here shortly where he hopes to sell 20% of the company, which would be about a $60 million pre-money valuation. Naeem, we're rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you very much. You're an excellent summary. Unbelievable.